104 Points Online. We are honored that you're joining us today. And if God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org slash my story. It's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. And if you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and choose to get there as well. We are so excited to hear a powerful message from God's Word today. Several weeks ago, we decided to do a series called We Are That Church, and I'm pumped. Y'all have no idea how difficult it is for me to hold what I got to share with y'all next week, because it really is the biggest announcement, the biggest thing in the history of our church. It's crazy. You need to invite your mom and them, everybody, for next week, because it's going to be awesome. But today... Today, God has specifically put me on assignment because I had this little series mapped out that was going to be two weeks, and it's now four weeks. And this took place, y'all, this took place in Israel. I, I got to go teach with one of my best friends, Pastor Tabner Smith, who took 40 from his church, and Lee and I got to go. And everywhere we went, he just said, I don't know how you know what you know, but I just want you to teach it wherever we go. And I said, well, that sounds awesome. That's a great trip for me. And so every place that we went, I taught on the way to the place. And then when we were there, we shared teaching and, and we had such a great time. But when I wasn't teaching, Lee and I were able to get away by ourselves. And what I specifically asked the Lord is this. I want you to give me a word for us for this year. What, what are, what, what's a word? What, what's, a, what's a thing that you would have me do or us do that sets us apart for this year? And I heard two words as specifically as if God was standing next to me and whispered it in my ear. And here's the two words for this year for us. The two words this year for us are yes and multiplication. Everybody say yes. Yes, yes and multiplication. And so... So we have four points as a church, and I skipped over one. But today, I, I just want to kind of go over one of our four core values, who we are. This is our culture points. This is, this is not something that we are striving to be. This is what I believe God designed us to be, and we're walking into that. This is who we are. And the, as a body of people, we believe God. We worship before something happens, and we pray until it does. And it matches up so well with yes and multiplication. And here's how. I'm going to start with multiplication because it's really not what the message is about today, but I know God put it on my heart to share it. And so on Monday, which was New Year's Day, we were on the southern steps, and I got a picture to show y'all. We were on the southern steps, and so this is the old city of Jerusalem. Whenever you see a picture of Jerusalem, you see the mosque, but this is Mount Moriah. This is where, this is where the Temple Mount was, and I believe it's going to be there again someday. I don't know when that someday is. Uh, I don't know who's going to be responsible for it other than the Lord, everybody. But, but someday God's going to return and the temple will be right here. But in the meantime, I go straight nerd when I see this because I absolutely love the old city. And I can take you from this vantage point, which is, which is straight on looking into the city this direction. And these are the southern steps. This is the eastern wall. The Mount of Olives is over here. And it's just such a cool place to be. But in these southern steps is where Jesus flipped over the money tables because you entered the temple that way. And that's the place. But also there were these things, and this is why I showed you this picture, is these little things, I don't know what I did. These little things right here are called mikvahs. Everybody say mikvah. 
Very good. You pronounced it correctly. Now, this was to, in order to enter the temple, you had to do the ceremonial washing that you got yourself right, if you will, in the Jewish custom. And so they went in and got themselves right. And every time someone would enter the temple, enter this area, which was ultimately where the Holy of Holies was, is right here in this Muslim mosque that sits there today. But you would go through a ceremony washing, walk up these southern steps and enter this way. Now, there's lots of these pools and it's really cool, but this was not baptism. This was a washing. But when Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, up, up on the place where they had the Last Supper is the same location where he was preaching this. The Bible says that 3,000 were baptized on that day and 3,000 people were baptized. The very first Christians were baptized in these sacred mikvahs, in these pools. They, they were really no different than, than taking a bath. It was just awkward because you took a bath in front of everybody, right? So it's kind of weird. But, but on that day, Peter baptized 3,000 right there. And so we're sitting on the steps and we're teaching this and we're going through all this stuff on Monday. And I love to give the information, right? I, I, I have a teacher's heart by nature. And so we're just giving the information. And then we let each day, we let the group go around and just talk to God, pray, ask the Lord what he would say to them after we gave the information. And I was sitting there on these Southern steps and I was having, I put my earbuds in. I was, I was just worshiping, praying, and I heard the Lord say as clearly as I'm sitting here, this year's a year of multiplication. And I said, wow, that's awesome. And then I immediately, and this goes right along with my message today, had this pushback in my heart, right? Because skepticism is a part of, I believe, not just who I am, but who we are. Because we'll immediately start tearing apart a word if God gives it to us and start saying, God, that can't happen this way because these are the things that I have to go against. And so I was telling God all that I'm telling y'all. Yeah, but God, this is the problem and this is what we got to overcome. And, and you don't understand our area has tons of this and we have this and we have this. And as clearly as I'm standing here, this is what God said. I was sitting on this step and God said to me, who do you think you are? And listen, and I had never even considered this. And this is hilarious because I've preached this dozens of times. I've preached Pentecost and how fire came from heaven, that, that Jesus said to his disciples 40 days after his resurrection, just wait because the Holy Spirit's coming. And when he comes, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, Acts 1-8. And then in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit fell and fire came from heaven. And Peter was testifying and declaring and tongues of fire came down from heaven. And it says that 3,000 were added to the number and they baptized them right here. And I just say, praise God, that's awesome. But I never took into consideration what that multiplication was about because they were in a Jewish place in a Jewish pool baptizing in Jesus name and I think that we got hard territory <laughs> y'all that's not even sane that's insane in the membrane come on somebody if you know what I'm talking about like that can't happen it's impossible but I just know what my Bible says with God all things are possible and I just heard the Lord say as clearly as I'm sitting there how do you believe that that happened but you don't believe that I can do it through you and I just, I just confessed to the Lord, you're right, but no more. If you say multiplication, then I'm going to stand on that word. And I'm not saying that we're going to the southern steps and everybody's going to get dunked because there's no water in those pools today. It's not about where. It's not about what pool you get in. It's not about, it's not about the method. It's about the message of Jesus. 
And I just believe that if all of us unified, put our yes on the table, that his multiplication's already done. So that leads me to the next part, which is really what God's been speaking to me over and over, and it's really the other word. Yes is the word that I want to stand on this year that I believe God spoke to me multiple times last week and the week before. But this yes and no, or excuse me, yes or no, is something that I believe is the issue. It's the problem. Because we will either say yes to God for all of his promises, for what he's declared for us to be, for what he's put in our lives, and our 2018 can begin to establish the rest of our lives, what God has done for us, or we can try to know what's going on before we take the next step. But, but we don't get to do both. We'll either say yes or we'll try to know. But it's yes or no. So I'm going to take you on a little journey today. It's a little bit different than I teach sometimes. But I want to show you all something. In Matthew 18, verses 2 through 4, Jesus said, he called the little children to him and put them among him and said to them, this to them, y'all. He said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And I just was thinking about yes or no, K-N-O-W, having to know. And I, I began to think about paranoia and how we struggle so bad with trying to figure everything out. And when things start entering our minds, we start, we start deciding things in our hearts. We start making decisions of what we think about certain situations and circumstances and why we can't do certain things. And then I had this epiphany as I was reading something a couple weeks ago. I don't know if y'all have ever heard this before, but by the age of five, the average child has heard the word no over 100,000 times. Did y'all know that? Now, if you're a parent in here, somebody better talk to me. Huh. No, no, like the middle name of our kids becomes no, right? Because they get into everything, they start doing everything. But I need you to know, ha, 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 yeah, there you go, that was free. I want y'all to understand this by the end of this message, that a child is not naturally born with the ability to believe that they can't, but the word no establishes in our brains, in our belief systems, that it is impossible for us to do. And the result of us telling children no over and over and over and over, which sometimes you've got to say danger, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't. If the kid is about to touch the hot iron, obviously we say, ah, don't do that. But because all we get to is no, 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 and because we're, quote, and I'm just going to preach today if that's all right with y'all, because we're, quote, realist and we tell people what they can't do, we then begin to believe the stuff that people say and not the things that God says to us about ourselves. And so we begin to know what we can't do and not stand on what God says we are and we can do. And so I'm just telling you today that what I'm telling my kids is yes and amen, that, that this is what we're going to do. And obviously, we're going to parent our children, but we're going to show them the way that it can be and not let their middle names be no. And it's too late for us to do it before five, by the way, because my son will be six in March and Lenny will be 10 this summer. So I can't make up for lost time. And that's not even the goal. The goal is that this 37-year-old pastor can believe what God says about him and that we can believe as an army of Christ Jesus, as a family of believers, we, we can start believing the yes about us. Right. 
This year, right now, I don't care what last year was like for us. This is the year that I believe God says multiplication is coming. But we got to put our yes on the table. And so I just want to show you why knowing and know has become who we are. Because I think you should always look back at the problem, the, the issue that, that got us here. And there's a lot that I'm leaving out, but God let Adam have dominion over everything, and, and certainly Eve as well, have dominion over everything. And then God says this in Genesis 2. He says, but the Lord warned him in the very beginning, you may eat freely of everything. You can have dominion over everything. This is all yours. You can eat everything you want. You can go anywhere you want. This is all good except for the tree of, look at that, no, knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruits, you will surely die. And, and if you know the story in, in Genesis 3, the devil comes in the form of a serpent and says, you won't surely die. God doesn't want you to eat these fruits because you'll be like him. And there was truth to what he was saying. I don't know if y'all know this, but the most dangerous lie isn't the lie that's an outright lie, but, got, but has some truth in it. Because it masks itself. And all of a sudden we say, well, that looks true. It was true to an extent, but the problem was he, didn't, he sold them a bill of goods and didn't give them the whole truth, that, that the desire to know rather than the desire to trust and yield to God is what gets us into the problem in the first place because all of us were born with this sin nature that, that we desire to be like him. And so to, to yield and say, God, I'm yours is unnatural. It's an unnatural thing. And so the Bible says that they ate of this fruit. Everybody's always pictured it on those flannel board things back in the day as an apple. I, I don't know why it has to be an apple. Apple doesn't seem like a mean fruit, right? Are y'all with me? So, but the word eat actually means to ingest. And it was ingesting information or to know. That moment, y'all, they took their yes off the table and they picked up the no. And since then, it's been almost impossible for us to just say yes to God. If we wonder why Peter was able to preach to these Jewish people that, that listen, 50 days before they killed Jesus, there wasn't one of those 3,000 that weren't celebrating the fact that Jesus had just died. And yet God was so powerful in his spirit to move that he used Peter on the day of Pentecost, who had just denied him three times 50 days before, but Peter said, yes, I'll go, when Jesus returned to him on those rocks at the Sea of Galilee and said, do you love me? Feed my sheep. And then we look at ourselves and we say, well, I've got too many problems. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough, but, but I've not denied Jesus three times the day he was going to die. And if, and if Jesus can choose to use him and choose to use the, a lot of common people in the Bible, why not us? Why not now? And why not this year? And so this is what I want to show y'all. It's 2 Corinthians 1. And this is just us saying yes. Everybody say yes. yes. This is just us saying yes this year. This is just us standing on the promise that I believe God spoke to me so clearly so many times in the last couple weeks that we're going to make a declaration as a body of believers that this is our word and that this is what we are. And if this makes you uncomfortable, I love you so much. And I'm sure that you can find a place somewhere not too far from here that will not challenge you to step into your purpose in Christ Jesus. That'll make you feel good on Sunday mornings, but not always give you a word for yourself and your life and what Christ has destined for you to be. That's not going to be this place and it's not going to be this pastor. 
Because I believe that for every one person that God created, he created them Genesis 1, 26 and 7 in his image and with an, with an exact purpose in mind for them to do. And most of us live our entire lives explaining why we can't, surrounding ourselves with people who explain to us why we can't do it, rather than trusting God and saying yes, even if we have no idea what it's going to look like. It's not about me knowing what it's going to look like. It's about me knowing the one who's already finished the work in me. And that's Christ in us. And so this is what 2 Corinthians chapter 1 in the New Living says. You may be asking why I changed my plan, which is kind of how I feel today. Because I had what I feel like is going to be a good message in a couple weeks already planned. Do you think I make plans carelessly? Do you think I'm like the people of the world who say yes when they really mean no? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. Everybody say yes and no. Yes. Our word does not waver between yes and no. And you know, I just, I just wonder out loud. When the world sees us, and I'm talking about four points right now, not capital C church. But even, even if we talk about the church, because as we walked around last week through the old city, we had such great conversations with some friends that we've made that are Jewish, but they're not believers in Christ. And, and one of the thoughts that I had is, what do they think about us? So I just asked, you know, because I'm crazy and I just want to know. And one thing that I was blown away with was they said, it's estimated that, quote, two billion people call themselves Christians, unquote, and yet y'all hate each other so much. There's so much inner fighting between denominations that we look at each other and we think, well, they're not as good, they're dumb, they're wrong. And in the city of Jerusalem, it's not... It is the most devastating thing because the only place that I feel true demonic presence is when I walk into the, quote, holy sites of Christianity. And it's because Christians, in quotes, are fighting against themselves for where the body of Jesus used to lay. I'm just here to tell them and to declare to the world today that his body, it don't matter if it laid there, if it laid in Spartanburg, if it laid in Greenville, or if it laid down the street, he ain't there. So I don't have to worship a rock. I don't have to worship a spot. I can worship the king because he's in me. This is the temple of God today. That's the temple of God today, everybody. And I don't have to worship the rock. And so you've got, quote, Christians that they are looking at going, why would I want to be like that? Because they're fighting against each other. Wavering in their yes and no. And I just felt this burden because this was my thought. I love that place and I've gotten to go four times now. And for the rest of my life, I hope I go and I hope I get to take all of y'all sometime. Because it's so amazing to see what's black and white become in living color in the Bible. But the burden that I feel is for the people of that land. And a lot of them are, quote, Christians. And there is lost and is confused because they've made it about religion and not about Christ in us. But y'all, I'm just going to tell you, if you look at America, it feels the same way. Because denominations fight against themselves all the time, and they throw these spiritual bombs at each other, proving why we're right and they're wrong. And I don't care who's right. I could care less who's right. I want to know who's got Jesus in them 
and are making a declaration that they don't know him. So it doesn't matter if you go to a charismatic church, a Baptist church, a Methodist church. If they believe that Jesus is the only way and they're declaring Christ alone, I want to be involved with that church. I want to partner with that group of people. And I don't need to be right. I want Christ in them to be known. Multiplication doesn't happen because I preach better than all the other preachers. If that's the prerequisite, we're in trouble. Because that's ridiculous. You have a word in you because Christ made you on purpose for his glory and honor and to worship him. That's why we believe God and worship before. Because he's the only one that's worthy of worship. And so, so the reason that we cannot waver between yes and no is because our yes has already come. But the reason that we struggle in it and paranoia becomes who we are, the reason that our closest friends become people we look over our shoulders against, the reason that past hurt is such a real thing in this room, including church hurt, is because power becomes the most important thing to the church. Y'all, that's why churches have fought centuries. I'm not talking about I'm mad at this church. I'm talking about we go to war Countries believing different church things, but in the name of Jesus, go to war against each other because it's about control. And I'm here to tell you that the one thing that you got to do is lose control to say yes. And it's like the craziest battle internally in the whole world because if you sit down with the average Christian, what they're going to tell you is, well, I've given it all to God. And they're carrying like this book bag full of junk. And it's like, you sure are? (laughs) You've proven that to nobody but yourself, and it ain't good, is it? And famous preachers are blogging about stuff and, 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 and sitting on TV about stuff about how it has to be this way, and I just want to hug them and say, no, if you would just put your yes on the table, it doesn't mean you won't go through hell and back. It just means it doesn't have to be like that anymore because I believe God's yes is greater than Mark's, and I can just align myself with him. But I have to make a decision, y'all. This is where I feel like we got to draw the line in the sand. Is it Mark's way or is it his way? And you can fill your name in the blank. Is it my way or is it God's way? Verse 19. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. Like, sometimes when we pray, y'all just need to talk to me so I don't feel naked and ashamed up here by myself. Sometimes when we pray, do y'all ever find yourself just begging God for stuff? God, will you please hear my prayer? Help me! Am I the only one? Like, Jesus, are you there? Somebody call 911. Like, I, I don't know where to turn. I need Jesus to help me. And the whole time he's like, I'm already come. I'm the yes. I finished the work in you. Just take the next step. You don't have to know. Just know me. And I battle internally because I want to control every situation of my life. And and I try to fix all these things and align all these things. And like, I've already done all that. If you'll just say yes to me. Just do the next work. Yes. Yeah, but if you knew how much money I lost in 2017, my business is falling apart. Yeah, but where was your yes that whole time? Yeah, but I got to fix all this stuff. They think wrong about me. Where's your yes? He's the one who Silas, Timothy, and I preached to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. I'm about to shout up in this place. I don't always do what I say. I probably always have the intention to do what I say. (laughs) 
But intentions will get you in a mess. Come on, somebody. God is not a God of intention. He's a God of finished. He's already done it. He who began the good work in you and in me will see it through to the day of completion in Christ Jesus. So God is not intending to do the work in you. God's already done the work in you. You just get to decide if you'll align with him and say yes. So I don't have it on the screen, but verse 20 is about to pop up. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And because I'm a genius, I left it off, the, I left it off my slides this morning. So thank you, Josh, for throwing it up there. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding? Yes. Come on, somebody. Yes. Somebody say yes in here. Yes. I feel like throwing something. I'm so ready for this. And through Christ, our amen. Our, my. It doesn't say God's amen. It says our amen. He, he, he's my amen. He sent him to me and to you for our possibility of walking in our purpose in him. This thing isn't about me. He's our yes and amen, which means yes or so be it. And it ascends to glory or to God for his glory. He's our amen for his glory. And it's God who enables us along with you, that's us, to stand firm for Christ. He has, excuse me, commissioned us and has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment. Someone say first. first. Every one of you that are followers of Jesus have already been given the first installment of amen through the promised Holy Spirit that guarantees everything he has promised. My gosh, I could preach for the next 10 hours on the guarantee of God, but I won't. Just nine. Come on, somebody. Mm, I feel really charged up this morning by the Lord because I know that God's up to something. I don't know if all of you will be involved, and I certainly hope that you are. But what I feel... What I feel today is bigger than Mark. Because I know how many of you have struggled and how I struggled at times. Saying, God, this just doesn't make sense. Why would you place a church where the cows used to roam? <laughs> Why would you place a church that's going to transcend and move the kingdom of God that will have multiple campuses someday that will reach, that will reach countries through me. Because I would have chosen someone that's a little bit smarter and a little bit something else and whatever. I could name several other things. And Why wouldn't you do it this way, God? You want to know or you want to say yes? My bad. Just last night, Lee and I were talking to a wonderful, sweet family, and they go to another church, and we love that church, and they were explaining some things to us, and they, so we were exchanging names of people we know, and I just had this thing run through my mind, man, they're really good at what they do. In that moment, I had run through my brain, well, they've got like, they've got these lights that they can spit, man, and they've got this videographer, they, they have four people on their staff that do that, and they do this, and I was just, I, I didn't even tell this to Leah, but I was just thinking through all these things, and it, before I could get the thought to my mouth, 
God said, is that yes or no? And I was like, it was no. (laughs) So here's what I'm just telling y'all. I don't care. But I'm standing on this. As surely as I am breathing air this morning, God told me to tell you that this year we're saying yes. That this year we're not holding back. That this year we're not looking at what we don't have. We're not looking at what we didn't do. We're not looking at how much time we've wasted. We're looking at what we've got ahead of us. And we're trusting God to provide because it's not my job to provide. It's my job to walk. And he promised to provide for my needs. And I don't, I just feel the need to go back. You don't have to slide back with me, Josh. I just feel the need to go back and and just show you that, yes, he always does what he says. And that if God called you to it, you don't have to know every single way to get there. You don't have to have 10 directions to go. You don't have to have the map completely mapped out of every single thing to do. You don't have to know the end. He is the end. You know the beginning, and that is to stand up and say yes to him. And this is what I believe that it looks like. A simple acronym of yes. Yielding every second is what yes is. Yielding every second. Someone say yielding. Yielding. Say it again. Say yielding. Yielding. My yes is yielding every second. I will unyield the second. The reason I didn't say every season is because you can't yield every season. I can yield today and be unyielding by the time I leave. I have to to be in constant mode of prayer thinking about the Lord every second. Listen, y'all are going to work tomorrow or back to school tomorrow, and you're thinking to yourself, this sounds awesome today, but what about tomorrow when I got to go back to work and my boss is crazy? What about my teachers don't like me, my friends talk junk about me at school, all these other things I've got to take place, but none of that is a hindrance to yes. I am the only one that can keep Mark Pangle from yielding to the Lord. Paranoia doesn't keep me from the Lord. I've decided to be paranoid about things. I've decided to tell God why it can't be and not trust him that it already is. God, you will face trials and tribulations of many kind, is what John 16, says. So this is not a feel good, you're not going to go through hell and back. You will go through difficulty maybe this week. But that doesn't change the fact that God is who he says he is. And if we stand on the promise of God and say yes to him, that he's already seen it through to completion. Most of us are not willing to finish the work because we think the work falls on us. But the work is the curse. That's what happened in the garden. But when Jesus came as the yes and amen, he reversed the curse through Christ. We are going to go make money tomorrow, but it's my responsibility to walk in my calling, not go to work. And if I ever, ever, ever do say yes... Everybody's not going to understand. And if you're doing something today that everybody gets, you ain't doing what God called you to do. Am I talking to anybody in here? I'm talking to me if I'm not talking to y'all. I just feel like I have to say this before I close. Because it's about what I just said. If everybody in your life understands what you're doing right now, you're not doing God's will. So you need to ask yourself this question. Do you, would you rather be understood? By the way, that's no. Would you rather be understood? 
or walking to your destiny in Christ? Because you got two choices. I just don't believe you get to do both. Oh, I think over time they will understand. But if you're having problems at home, if your kids are wandering aimlessly, if, if your parents are unsaved and they think you're crazy for walking away from what you're walking away from, if you've got family members down the line that you love dearly and your cousins think you have absolutely lost your cookies, you can either stay safe and make them feel like you know that you've got it all together and live in the know. Or you can say, you know what? I'm going to love them and I'm going to judge them appropriately based on what I was, not what I am. That I didn't get it either. That I used to judge people just like I'm doing right now. In the position that I'm in today, I worried about what pastors thought about me so much. What, what will they think if I, and I'm just telling you today, I, I hope to have great relationships with pastors, but I don't need them to understand. I need to say yes to God. All, all of y'all for 2018 will make this decision. If you want the greatest year of your life, I didn't say easiest year of your life. If you want the greatest year of your life, you have to say yes. You have to say yes. You have to yield every second to God. And a yielded heart looks like this. And when I'm driving down the road, I, I want y'all to know that I'm not going to be kneeled down in my car with my eyes closed. Come on, somebody. I'm going to try to watch. Holy Spirit, you lead me. I'm not even going to touch the wheel. <laughs> I'll be seeing Jesus face to face. It's about your heart, right? And it's about you trusting him, not you trusting you. And I think the reason that I've told God that this is a really hard place is because the spirit of religion does reign supreme here. But it ain't thicker than what was taking place on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead, I can assure you. So I just declare in this room that that spirit is broken and that the power of God is falling on you right now with the simple word, yes. With our simple trusting, yielding, and following him every day. You know, the words of Jesus to Peter are so fascinates me because when Peter denied him and then in Acts, or excuse me, in John 21, when he came back and said, you thought it was finished when you denied me and cursed my name in front of people. But I ask you this simple thing, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my sheep and follow me. He didn't say you got to be better at this. You got to be relevant at this. You got to be good at this. They got to understand all this. He said, just follow me. Feed my sheep and follow me. Your yes is feed and follow. That, it's as simple as that. And, and with an unyielding heart, you'll make every excuse and you'll surround yourself with people that'll tell you why you can't. I'm just telling you this. I'm declaring this to y'all. I'm not surrounding myself with people that tell me why I can't do it. I'm surrounding myself this year with people that show me how we can. Because in Christ, all things are possible. And I don't know what it's going to look like because I tell you details of what I know. But I do know this. This is a year that we're stepping into a multiplication season. 
and the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I'm asking y'all if you want to be part of that church that is going to be the workers of the harvest that God brings in as a multiplication in this season, that we'll believe God and worship him even when we don't have a clue what's going on and keep praying until we see it done because it's already done and his yes already came in the person of Jesus. And so this is the last thing. As I was, as I was praying up on Mount Herodian on Tuesday, God gave me this verse, and I didn't even know the verse. And I was kind of weirded out by it, and I blurted it out to everybody. I think this is the verse of this year for the church. And it's Acts 20, verse 24. And when I read it, I just had this chill go down my spine because I thought it was something else. And I was thinking of Acts 24. But God said, Acts 20, verse 24, and he says, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it. Someone say, use it. For finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God, period. And he said, this is our yes this year. Wherever you live, work, and play, this is our yes this year. This truth transcends all cultures, transcends all problems, transcends all generations, transcends gender problems, race problems, socioeconomic problems, because it is about one thing, Jesus Christ alone. The good news that only through Christ can you be saved, that there's no other way to heaven and no other way to the kingdom here and now except through Christ. And so my life is worthless unless I use it by saying, yes, I stand on your promises. I'm putting my yes on the table. I will be that church. I will stand on his promises. And nothing will hold us back this year. There will be no no's on the table. I don't have to know. And I'm not saying no. I will say yes. So here's what I need to know from y'all. I don't care if you stand, if you do a handstand, if you touch your nose, if you tap your neighbor and say yes. I don't care what you do. I just want to know who's with me. I just want to know who's with me. Felt like the first Sunday of 2018, I was supposed to say, who's saying yes? Because for some of y'all, yes means this. I've gone through the motions of religion, so you may have showed up at church before, but I'm here to tell you, you can go to church 10,000 times in your life and end up in hell. Because... It's appointed unto man once to die and then face judgment. And, and in my judgment seat, when I'm looking at God face to face, he's not going to look at me and say, bro, good job preaching. Bro, good job being a daddy. Good job showing up every week. Good job punching the clock. He's going to say, welcome home, son. I wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life. You called on the name of the Lord and meant it in your heart. You believed and trusted me alone. Therefore, welcome home. It's not about you. It's not about what you've done. It's not about what you do. It's about Christ alone. And I feel like somebody in here is supposed to say yes to Jesus by saying, he's my Lord and Savior. And then the rest of you who are saved are supposed to say, I'm with you, pastor. I say yes. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? In these brief moments, there's not a better way to start 2018 than by saying, yes, I will follow Jesus. No holding back, no turning back. I'm ready to follow the Lord as my Savior, my King. I'm yielding everything to Him. 
I surrender all. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up and say, right now, I'm saying yes to Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Come on, throw your hand up as high as you can. Thank you, ma'am. Keep your hand up if you will. Who else? Who else? Thank you, sir. Keep your hand up if you will. Keep your hands up if you will. I'm saying yes to Jesus right now. I believe that before you raised your hand, the moment you believed in your heart, you were saved. And so we're going to put a gift in your hand right now. And as soon as the service is over, we want to talk to you and help you take your first steps. We would like for you to fill out this card so we can begin to help you take your first steps with Jesus. And this is what I want for everybody else. In just a second, we're going to worship together. But I just want to know who's with me. Who's with me to say I'm part of that church? It's a little bit different. It may not look like everybody else. It may not sound like everybody else, but the goal is not to be better than everybody else, but to be the best that God made us to be. And as a result, build his kingdom through multiplication by yielding every second to him. I'm standing on the promises of God because everything he said is true and everything he said will come to pass. And I believe in my heart that this year we will begin to see things that we never dreamed of come to pass. If that's you and you want to stand with me and say yes to God, just stand to your feet right now. All over the room, God, we just declare to you that it's your kingdom, it's your glory, and it's your power. Not by our might, not by our strength, but by your spirit, the Lord of hosts. We declare these things as done, finished. We don't have to know. We just say yes to you. We choose to be childlike in our faith and deny the fact that we were told no a hundred thousand times or more by the time we were five. We step back to that toddler faith and we say, God, we will step off this mountain and tell it to move. We will step off this cliff and tell it to move. We believe you and you alone will do things that we cannot even ask or imagine, that families will be restored, marriages will be restored, lives will be restored in Jesus' name. And God, when you begin to move, mountains move at the sound of your name. And so it's in Jesus' name that we declare all these things. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen.